Hey there, pod pals. Are you a print-on-demand creator looking to stay ahead of the curve? You want to know exactly when to launch your designs for every key season and event? How about a chuckle with an extra dad joke to brighten your day? If you said yes to any of these, then it's time to join the print-on-demand cast VIP list. As a VIP, you'll get our free annual design calendar, an amazing guide to help you time your creations perfectly throughout the year. And of course, we'll include a bonus dad joke each week as well. Signing up couldn't be easier. Just visit printondemandcast.com slash VIP and enter your email. Don't let another day of potential pass you by. Become a part of the VIP list, grab your annual design calendar, and let's dive into a year of inspired creating together. We'll see you on the other side. On this week's episode, we chat with Kevin Sterling and pick his brain about his POD business and what he sees as huge opportunity in the future. Let's get into it. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Print on Demand cast. We are excited to have you here with us. As always, I am Josiah, and joining me is the co-host, the co-captain from Make Your Mark Design, Mr. Travis Ross. Travis, how's it going, man? Happy Tuesday. I don't know what day it is anymore. It all kind of blends <laughs> together. Um, so I kind of feel like Groundhog's Day sometimes, but it's a Tuesday. And here we are. We're getting ready to dive into our first interview that I feel like we've had in a while. Um, yeah. Very excited about it. Someone that reached out to you, Kevin, reached out to you uh, mm-hmm. with some questions. Um, and we kind of said, well, why don't you just kind of come on the show? And we'll connect and kind of learn about what you're doing. So super excited yeah. to have a guest with us for this episode. Yeah, he's a really, really cool dude. He's got a, um, a lot of things going on, as you'll hear. Um, yeah. And print on demand is kind of a, a side hustle for him mm-hmm. at least right now and has been for a while. And I feel like it's a perfect kind of guest um, to have on the show because I think a lot of people are in that same boat. It's, you know, yeah. print on demand isn't their full-time gig. It's just a side hustle. It's something that they want to see grow. And, um, and so Kevin's kind of going through all the growing pains and he's mm-hmm. learned some hard lessons and uh, but he's uh, he's definitely kind of in it to win it. You know, he, he's, he's, planning on, you know, creating some time for himself to do yeah. more and more things. And, and yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a good interview. I think you guys will get a lot out of it. Yeah. Super, super excited to dive in. Kevin is a great interview and uh, huge thanks to him, even on the front end for kind of accepting this uh, last minute as we kind of had some schedules shifting and things changing availability wise for you and I. So huge kudos and thanks to Kevin for for hopping in. So we don't want to waste any time. We want to get into it. It's about 40-ish minutes worth of a chat with Kevin. Lots Mm -hmm. of great information. Super good pointers. Another one that you're going to want to probably rewind, maybe take some notes, not if you're driving, because it's obviously hazardous and I'm not going to be subpoenaed for that court case as to why someone got an accident because they were riding while they were driving. So all that to say, you're going to want to re-listen. Because uh, lots of good stuff here. So we'll go straight to our main event with Kevin Sterling. Main event, who's calling? All right, Travis, this week for the main event, we have a guest in our midst. Midst. Anyway, there's a third person on the show for the first time in what seems like way too long. And I'm sure you, the listener, are all, are all applauding uh, that you don't have to listen to just Travis and I talk for the entire episode. We have a guest. Uh, very excited to have Kevin Sterling with us. A little bit about Kevin. For those of you listening, Kevin Sterling is a graphic designer and has been self-employed for 13 years. He's worked for print brokers and screen printers, so he's learned a lot about the printing industry. He currently runs Made for Print, which is an outsourced art department. Additionally, he's running a Shopify store as well as an Etsy store to sell print-on-demand products so it is with great pleasure and excitement that we welcome to the show mr kevin sterling kevin thank you so much my friend for coming on guys thanks for having me yes yeah you bet man (laughs) yeah how's Um, things going for you oh good uh another day in paradise up here in hudson valley nice hudson valley where's that 
that's about an hour and a half north of New York City. So once okay. you uh, once once you kind of like get north of the Bronx or so, that's when it starts mm-hmm. getting into the valley up until about Albany or so. Okay, nice, right. cool. Well, uh, we're having a gorgeous day here in Colorado, so uh, don't gorgeous drink days it. all around. I know, <laughs> I know. Um, well, we uh, we connected. You reached out to me. Um, we had a conversation. I don't know, probably a month ago, month and a half ago, mm-hmm. and we. Talked about a lot of things. Um, got to know a little bit about you, but um, kind of want to go into some of that for our our listeners. Usually, the first thing we do um, before we get into the actual, you know, meat and potatoes of the interview, we like to have a little segment called oh. the weekly dad joke. Let's run that time for the weekly dad joke. Nice. And you're the, you're the guest, Kevin. So you, you have to go first. Okay, perfect. Uh, so I didn't tell you guys right before, uh, right before the show, I actually played a little joke on my wife where I made lunch and I said, Hey, you've got, you've got steak there. And, uh, you know, I, I'm a, a hunter. So I had a little bit of deer heart in the fridge, which is sometimes not always something that uh, people are so, so happy to eat. So <laughs> I, uh, I said, Hey, babe, I got steak. And I sent her a picture of it. So oh, it's delicious. I can't wait to eat it. So uh, we were sitting here and she texts me and says, you, you just played a joke on me. This is heart. And I said, babe, you are what you eat. And your mind. Nice. There it is. Uh, what can I say? It's, it's a sentimental, it sentimental dad joke. It is. I like it. <clears throat> I like it. All right, we'll Travis, you you brought you brought ours this week. Okay. Yeah, I was um, the other day uh, had kind of a run in with my lunch. Um, I actually, I actually got diarrhea after eating alphabet soup. <laughs> It was a large vowel movement. So dumb. <laughs> it is. <laughs> so dumb. But someone will repeat it somewhere. And, oh, for uh, sure. I can't. Yeah. I mean, I, it would be amazing to see or to know the percentage that our dad jokes are repeated just in daily conversation of our listeners. <laughs> and they're like just around spouting off these dad jokes. Um at random because of us. Mm. It's good. I feel good about Happy it. Happy to contribute to the, you know, the dad jokery of the nation. I'm yes. Really proud about that. <laughs> all right. Well, let's uh, stop with all the riffraff. Kevin, we <laughs> always ask, uh, the first question we always ask our guests is just to kind of tell us your print on demand story. And you can go, you've been in printing for a long time. Wasn't necessarily print on demand, but feel free to, you know, just kind of Catch the listeners up on what you've been up to in the print-on-demand space. Sure. So uh, a few years ago, I, uh, which I should backtrack. So I have a dog. Uh, I have a Vishla, if you're familiar with the breed. It's, mm-hmm. a, it's a Hungarian pointing breed. And um, I spend a lot of time and money training the dog. And uh, I basically was thinking about how everybody likes Vishlas. They get used in advertisements a lot. Uh, mm-hmm. because they're kind of, you know, athletic sporting looking dogs. So uh, at first I started thinking, I spend so much money on this dog. Why don't I think about like a little side hustle that I could do to uh, basically uh, start selling Vishla merchandise because everything that I saw in the Vishla merchandise space kind of looked like cat lady stuff, uh, if, I, if mm-hmm. I could use that term, where it was sure. kind of, uh, none of it was interesting. Like it all looked like Google photos that had kind of been yeah. doctored up and uh, kind of like dumped onto a design. And uh, so I said, I know I can do better than this. And um, even though my dad joke might've been like the, the worst one in the show's history, I, I'm pretty good at like puns <laughs> and copywriting and stuff like that. So, uh, you know, I, I figured I could, I could make something more attractive. So a couple of years ago, I started uh, Velcro Vishla, uh, which is, kind of interesting in terms of lesson learned just the aspect of like using velcro it's like a trademark trademark term so wow. i'm uh i'm probably in the in the midst of like switching it out to something else but i kind of anticipated that so i, I actually bought a bunch of like domains at the same time so uh i could make an audible and switch to another name if i had to mm-hmm. um but the idea was basically print-on-demand uh, Vishla-themed merchandise that would uh, help me recoup some costs of training and um, at the same time, you know, kind of scratch creative itch. So um, I 
went through a period uh and you know again like typical cobbler shoes right like i i run uh you know two main companies uh so mm -hmm. this is kind of like side project which i don't have time for so last year i uh i tried like hiring a marketing agency of people who were you know oh we're gonna get you all over google shopping listings and yada yada it was all these things they were gonna do and like seo mm -hmm. and all this stuff you know i spent like a few thousand dollars uh like to, to make things happen. And we would have sales, but at one point I kind of pumped the brakes and said, uh, I don't think this is ever going to ROI based on, you know, like what my mm -hmm. margins are on the products and how much I've spent with you guys and what you're telling me, like how long I need to wait to, to keep making money. So um, I pulled the plug on that and I said, there has to be like some resources out here that like I need to allocate the time to do the work and, and, and find out. And uh, that's actually how I found the print on demand podcast. And, and the first thing that I really like latched onto was uh, which I kind of had known from like a previous business experience is just that like the hardest thing in the world is convincing people to come to like your website. It's a lot easier to mm -hmm. basically like get in front of them uh, when, when they're already on another site. So mm -hmm. uh you know, that kind of, that kind of became the switch. And I decided, uh, until it made complete sense, I was not going to be paying people to, uh, to try and promote my products again. Uh, so, you know, kind of where we're at is, uh, I just, uh, you know, sort of like in personal life, I just finished a big house project. I promised my wife I would get done. And, uh, now it's basically like coming into the season of, okay, what are we going to do to reinvest time into Velcro Vishla, uh, so that we're ready for, Q3 and Q4. For sure. Yeah, it's perfect timing. I mean, um, get everything ready and then, you know, you can really capitalize or really capitalize on that, you know, Christmas buying season in Q4 and um, probably probably get some traction there. Um, so uh, I know we mentioned um, Shopify and Etsy in the intro. Are, are those the only two s s uh, channels you're currently selling on? And, you know, do you have your eyes on others or what's the, what's the plan there? Definitely going to go Amazon. Um, you know, I, I, I basically was just figuring one thing at a time. Uh, so I, I will get on Amazon and I listened to the episode you guys had a few weeks ago talking about different channels. So might mm -hmm. end up on Walmart. I'm not sure. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm not sure if, if the, I honestly, I don't know if the appeals there uh, for specialty dog stuff on Walmart, but if it is, then, uh, you know, might as well be on that too. Sure. Yeah. Now who's, who's fulfilling um, your products for you? Do you have multiple vendors or are you just using one or two? I use uh printful. Okay. Nice. They do that. How's yeah, that? So they do everything. How's that experience been with uh, their products and their quality and their, you know, shipping times and just all of that? Yeah, it's been great. Um, no issues on quality. A couple of times if I've ordered samples, samples were a little goofy, but then when the orders would get placed, uh, I've never had a, a kickback on on a bad print or anything like that. Um, mm. Shipping times, they tend to be accurate. You know, like they, they give the estimated ship time on uh, everything that goes out. So I even found it to be slightly sooner than what they say it is. So that's uh, right. that's always good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's... Definitely good. And I think that's good to hear too, because a lot of our listeners are like yourself and they're doing drop shipping and, and Travis and I know of Printful, but having a practical experience with it, fulfilling our products consistently mm -hmm. is something that we don't necessarily have the experience with. Um, I think mm -hmm. we've maybe fulfilled two or three things uh, here and there, or I have at least using Printful. So to have someone that can speak intelligently about it so that if someone's listening and considering a platform knowing that you've been you've had good luck with printful is probably very useful information and i'm sure there's pros and cons just like there's with every platform but uh, it's good to be able to hear sure your experience with that as well so uh you we know what channels you're, you're on at the moment but when you look at workflow like how do you a couple of questions here like how do you create your designs what's the workflow and how many designs are you currently uploading to these platforms you know, on a monthly, weekly basis. Yeah. Um, so something I kind of realized along the way, uh, and again, part of my graphic design background is in supporting uh, basically like uh, retail industry in, you know, both New York City area and sure. around the country. Mm -hmm. And so uh, things get divided into collections. And so at first I started 
you know, basically like just throwing out like shotgunning ideas. And uh, I said, you know, this, this doesn't really make it easy for people to shop if it's kind of like there's no theme associated with the designs. And so the first thing I started doing was organizing by themes and uh, basically had like Vishla's where it would call, I called it like my hero collection. And it was like Vishla's in different scenarios, uh, you know, dressed up as different things and kind of funny stuff. And then um, I made, again, this goes into the puns, but I had a collection called sweet dreams where it's like sweet dreams are made of V's and it's all just sleeping Vishla's. And, um, and, hmm. you know, basically like the whole collection of stuff based on that. So yeah. uh, from a hierarchy standpoint, I, I started with collections and, at the core level, I started with t-shirts just because, again, when I kind of got into it, it was I didn't know anything else. It was just, okay, t-shirts. Yeah. Uh, but then mm-hmm. as I kind of got more comfortable with Printful, I started seeing, okay, well, this thing would be perfect on a pillow and this thing would be perfect on leggings or, uh, right. you know, uh, other other kinds of things. So um, I continue to explore, you know, again, like uh, I really like expanding the things. And again, based on what you guys have said, uh, I need to, you know, get the organization under me in terms of spreadsheets and, and SKUs and all that stuff. Sure. Uh, mm-hmm. But for, you know, for now, it's, uh, I, 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 you know, it's, again, the cobbler's shoes. So I've got a lot of catching up I need to do to get it where I, I think it could be. Sure. And for those listening, and Kevin, you might not have seen this either, but as soon as you said the words organization and spreadsheet, I could see a smile just come across <laughs> Travis's face because you, you're talking uh, one of his love languages here. He right. loves, which if you listen to the show, uh, I'm I'm sure you 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 know that uh, he he nerds out about it. So you've made his. You, do you guys know there's? Uh, I listened to another podcast where one of the co-hosts is. Uh, she's like a big spreadsheet nerd, and she actually has mm-hmm. a T-shirt that says uh, "A lady in the streets, a freak in the spreadsheets." So right. You have to, uh, have to switch <laughs> that, it up. Make this- yeah, that's awesome. I've seen something similar to that, but it says "Gentleman in the streets, freak in the sheets," but it has like the an Excel sheet on it. Yeah, which 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 is pretty funny. Um, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I don't love working with spreadsheets i just love the like what you can do with them yeah just the organization that comes with it that's that's really the bigger kind of i don't know driver behind me pushing those things so much but um it's really the organization side of things and and being able to create solid workflows and you know Mm -hmm. solid sops um Speaking of that, I was just curious, like, do you have anybody that's working with you in the business or helping you or do you like hire any VAs or, or um, is it just you? Yeah. So um, it's funny is even though I'm a graphic designer, I actually hire out a lot of the uh, illustration that gets done. Uh, mm-hmm. I like illustration, but again, like I know that I won't have time to do it to the, the degree that I want to do it. So sure. um, I hire an illustrator on Upwork. Uh, at one point I had two illustrators and then I just kind of like gravitated towards the one that I seem to have the best rapport with. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, she'll provide me with an illustration and then I kind of do the doctoring up to, um, to get the, uh, you know, layout and whatnot configured. And, um, I think again, like in, in terms of positioning growth, uh, that's where I would see opportunity is like a VA or someone to basically do the data crunching that, uh, I would rather not do, you know. Sure. Mm-hmm. What yeah. kind of data would you want that person to crunch exactly? Uh, probably, I mean, my assumption or I guess understanding is with Amazon, it is possible to like bulk upload, uh, bulk mm-hmm. upload products. And it's, it's basically bulk listings because uh, sure. the listings are so tedious, you know. It's like I always, every time yeah. I get the email from Printful, that's like, this is discontinued. You have to change <laughs> this. I'm like, ah, I hate that. really mm-hmm. don't want to do it. Yeah, I I feel you. Which is why I mean, to Travis's point, it, the benefits of the organization is great and getting a handle on all the the data crunching part, the spreadsheets, the flat files. Because for years, Travis told us like, you guys need to do this, and both my father and <laughs> and father in law and I both are like, yeah, but like, do we? Because it seems to be working pretty okay. And then we had to do it retroactively, and it was horrific. Emotional right. damage <laughs> was yeah. not. <laughs> I, it's, I mean, it's, uh, go ahead kevin 
I was just going to say, uh, it's funny how that stuff catches up with you. Uh, I just had the other day I had a startup founder right out to me, reach out to me and I haven't worked for them. I don't know, like eight years, but they must be going through like a merger, uh, expansion or something. Sure. And I had to like re-sign an IP contract because like the initial IP contract like wasn't in place. And so I had to like clean it up. So, uh, mm-hmm. I can see how if you didn't have, uh, your processes and documentations in place, if you ever expected to grow to a point that, you know, you might get licensed or sold or anything like that, it's, uh, it's only going to hurt you if you don't have the foundation in place. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Um, moving on. Do you, have you used any like ads or Etsy ads or any like Google ads for your Shopify store? And if so, what was your experience with them? And, and do you have any like tips or, you know, recommendations for our listeners? Yeah. Uh, it's funny when I had the firm that was working for me, uh, they were Mm -hmm. supposed to be running Google ads and, uh, I don't know. This is like, again, I've worked with uh, VAs and outsourced people for, you know, as long as I've, uh, whatever, 13, 14 years longer, Mm -hmm. a long time. And uh, it was like, they could never get everything lined up. You know, like they would say, Oh, there's Mm -hmm. an error in Shopify and there's an error on your Google store. And uh, Google, uh, Google shopping is not accepting your product listings. And it was just like hiccup after hiccup after hiccup. And uh, I had even, when I hired them said like, have you done print on demand, uh, you know, advertising? Oh yeah, we have a couple of clients, blah, blah, blah. Uh, mm-hmm. So I had tried to do ads and uh, it never panned out. So I pulled the plug on it. So uh, yeah. I think, I think I ran Facebook ads for a little bit and, you know, again, they work, they make a little bit of money. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I think like my perfect world, there'd be somebody who just like knew the game and had it dialed in and, and could do it uh rapidly and effectively you know it's like i guess kind of like yeah. the unicorn right it's like finding that but uh people sure. waste a lot of time and money if you let them <laughs> <laughs> yes yes they do and it's your money so uh <laughs> you got to make sure that uh that roi is is actually you know a, a positive number um when you start adding advertising into your into your business model um all right so you've um, kind of come in a roundabout way to working on, uh, you know, your Etsy store and looking at Amazon and these things. Um, What would you say to someone who's just starting out? Would you recommend, uh, you know, the Shopify route? Would you recommend Etsy, Amazon? And then what are some things that um, they should make sure to, uh, be aware of before they get into this print on demand game. Sure. Well, I think uh, it's really important to think down the road a little bit and, and figure out what success looks like to you. And, mm-hmm. uh, and are you willing to do the things that uh, w- would require you to be successful? Uh, because you might, you might have kind of like a dream of, Oh, I want like a quaint, cute thing. That's like very artful and whatnot. And then if you extrapolate the associated amount of money that you think you're going to make on that, uh, you know, it it might require you to do things that you don't know that you're necessarily willing to do. And so I think you kind of have to know who you are in that sense. Um, Mm. And if that's kind of like too murky, I guess I could give an example. Um, I used to own kind of like a specialty camping equipment company and um, we made like really greatly designed stuff. Like we're featured in design blogs. I was in like Japanese GQ, all these like, really like uh, high-end design things. Mm-hmm. And the thing that we didn't really know at the time was like that distribution aspect where like we were trying to drive all the traffic to our site and we had, you know, decent sales for many years. But uh, I remember somebody that I worked for at the time was saying, you've got to get on Amazon, you've got to get on all these marketplaces. Right. And at the time I said, well, I don't think that's right for our brand because we're supposed to be high-end and like handcrafted and, you know, all, kind mm-hmm. of like we thought that it was like cheapening the aspect of the brand. And, sure. um, you know, in retrospect, like maybe we should have gone big into Etsy or, or big into like some of these other other kinds of things. But um, 
The other thing that I learned in that process that I think applies to print on demand is if you go to a, a trade show, you know, whether it's a twice a year trade show or once a year or whatever, uh, everyone's asking you what's new. So they, they want to know like, what, what have you brought that I didn't see last time? And so like some people kind of like, uh, you know, put it all out at front in, in the front in the beginning and then like run out of ideas. And so I mm. think it's important to like have that pipeline of, um, of like, hey, look, uh, we're going to have a couple of designs now. And even though I have whatever, not me, but I'm saying like, let's say I have 100 designs, like don't put them all out at once. Like put them right. out and, and trickle them out so that there's always a reason to come back to the store because something is always new. Because um, otherwise mm -hmm. I think people run out of gas and, um, and you know, it's kind of on to the next thing. So, uh, and in that process, you get more ideas. So I, I think you have like mm -hmm. a stronger sense of... Um, you know, what are people resonating with and, you know, where, where you can go. So, um, that would, that would probably yeah. be my advice. And then again, like it's, uh, I, I think, you know, you guys, you guys, I think you've said this quote on here, but it's like from Derek Sivers where it's like, if more information was the answer, we'd all be billionaires with perfect abs. Uh, and so it's, uh, it's basically like you have to execute uh, in the direction yeah. of where you expect to be consistently, you know, yeah. like even if it's half right. an hour a day, that's better than like your two hour binges on Sunday morning or something like that. So. Yeah, totally. I, I mean, ideas are a dime a dozen, you know, it, it really, the, what makes the difference is implementation. And I think you nailed it. Um, I also like, you know, I mean, we've talked a lot about, you know, starting with the end in mind and then working backwards. And it sounds like that's kind of been your strategy. You know, what does success look like? And then how do I get there? And what are the steps and, and um, creating your, uh, your workflow or your to-do list, if you will, um, based on what, what's at the top of the mountain, you know, and then how do I get there? Um, I think that's, that's genius. And then your point about, you know, we just talked about this, I think last week or the week before, just about the idea of, um, when we get a client, they're like, okay, I want to put all my designs on all of these products. And we're like, Whoa, slow your roll. Um, you don't give people a reason to come back to your point. You know, um, they come and they buy one thing and then, um, if they buy anything, they might even click off because it's just too many things. And then, they never show back up again. But if you have just a few things they buy then, and then you do another launch later and they, they come back and there's new things and maybe they buy a second thing and they would not have bought two things um, had it all been there at the, at the, at the outset. So I, I love like that pipeline um, element to your strategy too. So um, yeah, good advice. I really, really appreciate that. Yeah. Just say, you got a question. Yeah, so you are fairly new. I mean, like we said, you have you have print industry experience, um, but you kind of found your way into print on demand. So where do you see that the biggest opportunities for print on demand? Like it, usually this is kind of ties into what we would call a, a magic question, I right. guess. Uh kind of putting the cart before the horse, I suppose. However, um, <laughs> just from your experience and kind of what you see happening right now, what do you think some of the biggest opportunities are for print on demand? And what would you encourage our listeners to kind of look out for as far as opportunities that you see coming, that there is going to be a, a, a possibility of, of kind of taking advantage of to, to capitalize on. Sure. Um, I think, which I see this in every industry, right? Like I think it's kind of like a market force is that uh, technologies and industries mature and uh, they mature towards efficiency. So just like, uh, you know, cars used to be handmade parts and hand stitched and hand pounded steel and all that stuff. And mm -hmm. as it matured, they said, no, we can machine all of this. And sure. I saw the same thing like early in my career with websites, how, oh man, we have to code this thing and it's so hard and you want that, custom thing it's going to take yeah. weeks and mm -hmm. cost money mm -hmm. and now it's like nope you have a plug-in so uh it's same thing with artwork you know it was like when i was in design school you drew everything and then you vector traced mm -hmm. it and you you like made everything from scratch and uh you know now it's like well why can't we just edit clip art or why can't we you know use mm -hmm. like high-end stock sites and 
Uh, so, I mean, I, I'm fascinated. Mm-hmm. Well, that's exactly right. I mean, I hear uh, what you guys have talked about before about like people are just automating AI uh, to mm-hmm. the point of uh, to the point of just putting out T-shirt ideas. And so, yeah, you know, from from a lot of my friends that work in technology, it seems like the value in AI is is knowing how to query it. It's knowing how to use the tool. Um, and, and so, like the people who are able to figure out how to make AI deliver the most effective solutions the fastest, uh, those are going to be the people that win. Um, I, I mean, basically, like, if you look at Google's history, like, they weren't the first search engine. They were the one that figured out how to use keywords to sure. uh, synthesize what people really wanted and then make that mm. self-sustaining. So I think that if someone can apply uh, AI and make those prompts, even if those prompts are connected to Google keywords or some other kind of, um, you know, uh, what would you call it? An organizer of priority or organizer of information. Um, Mm -hmm. then I think that's going to be, uh, that's going to be the winner right there. So cool. Awesome. Well, you, you've are obviously are way smarter than both Josiah and I, uh, especially when it comes to technology. Um, so we'll, we'll trust you that, uh, <laughs> that's what's coming. Um, uh, before we get to, uh, maybe we'll, you know, I don't know how many magic questions Josiah has time for. He's on a tight, he's on, he's in the middle of his work day guys. So kudos to Josiah. Um, I, I wanted to ask one more question, just like what, what's a day in the life of, of Kevin Sterling? Like, what is your, what does your workflow look like with, I know you have two other businesses and then you have kind of print on demand on the side. So how does that work out on a daily basis for you? Sure. Uh, so I'm a big fan of the, uh, Pomodoro technique. You guys familiar with that? I've, no. I've heard that, but no, go ahead and explain it. Sure. So it's, uh, or it's like tomato timer or something is another name for it, but basically, uh, you work in like 25 minute blocks. And so it's like 25 minute and then a five minute break and then 25 minute and five minute break. And I don't know if it's three or four blocks, but then you take like a 15 minute break. And, um, I'm always, I'm always kind of like tweaking and changing my, my schedule and my, uh, kind of like workflow, I guess throughout mm-hmm. the day. So, uh, sometimes uh, I've done it regimented where it's like, you know, from 6am to the seven, it's this and blah, blah, you know, like, like really tight. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I find that I go through periods of life where it's, it's like a little bit of a train wreck. And so I've recently kind of switched to like Pomodoro where it's like, okay, I need to spend 25 minutes on that and 25 minutes on that, 25 minutes on that. And, um, and, you know, basically we'll like jump through tasks in that way. Um, mm-hmm. On my both of my companies, I have a lot of people that work with me, and so I I look at uh, I, I I'm I feel bad that I don't remember who said this. I read it in a book last year, and it was like, what do I know? Uh, what what do I know? Uh, who needs to know what I know, and have I told them yet? And mm-hmm. and that kind of like three question framework is uh, is like really big for me to look at where I'm stuck and and. And then say, okay, no, like I don't actually have to do this. I can employ other people to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, if that's not, I don't know if that's like too amorphic, but a lot of my a, a lot of my day is like making sure other people do their job well, and um, yeah. and that everybody's happy and communicating and uh, defining needs that people want. And mm-hmm. um, you know, every now and again, if I get roped into looking at design things, then. I try to I try to not step on people's toes and, and fix design. I try to teach them how to fix their designs. Um, mm-hmm. But you know that's that's what a lot of the day looks like. And you know again I kind of said finished a personal project for my wife, and then now that I'm like looking at Q3 and Q4 of my print on demand business, it's going to be okay. Do we have like how many Pomodoros in a day are we are we spending on it to uh, to get? Mm-hmm. And then. Again, if I feel like I'm falling behind, like, okay, do I bring in the VA uh, to mm-hmm. to handle these listings or like one of my existing designers, can they, you know, make me variants on something like that? So, um, right. yeah, that's, that's, uh, every day is different. So <laughs> hope that's not too murky. <laughs> no, no, that's, that's, I think a lot of people are, I mean, every day in my print on demand business is different too. So I think that's pretty it's probably normal. I like that idea though of chunking your work and yeah. you know, 
giving yourself a break and then maybe coming back to something completely different. Um, cause I get distracted like nobody's business. That's just my personality. Um, so are you kind of like in your print on demand business? Are you still, um, I mean, obviously you have products, you have listings out there. Are, are you, um, kind of now that you're done with this, this house project, are you focused more on like your SOPs or are you focused more on flooding the market or getting on more channels and more listings? And, and, and like, where is that balance for you right now? Sure. Uh, so I have a couple of immediate things I have to put out where um, they discontinued some shirts I was using. So I need to need to get those mm -hmm. switched over to new product. And then I think it's going to be SOPs. Um, just because again, I'm playing the long game. I don't need to, I don't need to, you know, basically go nuts on social media at an unsustainable rate or, uh, you know, start like dumping listings. So, uh, my plan is to really, uh, revisit the spreadsheets and say, okay, what are we going to do? And preemptively, mm -hmm. I'm probably going to switch away from Velcro Vishla and, uh, probably just make it Vishla Vishla, uh, because it's, you know, if one keyword is good, then why not have two keywords? So, <laughs> uh, I, I, I bought that ahead of time. And, um, it's also Velcro and Vishla are pretty similar, um, sized words so i can take like my logos and the tags in my shirts and all that and i can change them pretty easily without having to like okay. redesign it so it's yeah. uh it's basically going to be a simple switch and a lot of people honestly might not notice so <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> just uh just play that up so uh otherwise i mean i think we'll build out etsy and then see um again i don't know what amazon's like qualifications are i think i think for amazon i might go with merch on demand uh Mm -hmm. Just again, because like I also don't have unlimited bandwidth to like deal with people. So if I can basically just like, uh, I mean, I like people very much like people, <laughs> but uh, just, just, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to uh, not be there for people that need me. So I think it's like, sure. uh, you know, I can, I can put things on Amazon and if they can handle all the fulfillment of it, great. Everybody wins. Sure. Yeah. That's awesome. 100%. Yeah. That's great. So we are going to uh, transition to uh, the magic questions, uh, which is a, a segment of each interview that we do um, where we have a kind of a list of questions that Travis, I just kind of pick a, a couple at random. So maybe we might do two, maybe we'll just do the best one that we can find other than the, the uh, crystal ball question. But uh, uh, you were you were not debriefed, or you did not know this was coming. So uh, you're going to have to give some on the fly responses, and it's going to be awesome. So, with that being said, uh, let's go to the bumper for magic questions. So, Travis. If you had to pick yeah. one magic question mm -hmm. to ask Kevin, what is that one magic question? I feel like I'm going to ask you, Kevin, to tell us about a time when something happened in your business that felt like a win, something that just went perfect and uh, surprised you maybe even beyond your expectations. Hmm. Um, let's see. I feel like I do so many things that it's important to important to try and keep it print focused. Uh, <laughs> let's see. I mean, the first sales are always great, right? Like when you kind of put it yeah. out into the ether. Yeah. Uh, so I think that's, that's really great. And um, I think hmm, every time I've run an e-commerce store, I think it's like the first sales. And I think the times when like people find you and they're so excited that they found you, and 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 you kind of like get that idea that like you scratched their itch and like you fulfilled that need that they didn't know that they needed uh mm -hmm. and and they're just like stoked you know like i think that's uh i think that's great you know like uh it's kind of like the old adage about uh henry ford are you familiar where he said if you asked people what they wanted they would have said a faster horse mm -hmm. and, and so right. it's kind of like you you're you know whenever you're like truly projecting something uh, out of the ether, you know, like it's, it's not the faster horse, like it's the car. So, uh, mm. you know, yes, there are already like existing dog shirts. Right. But when you kind of like make the one that's not like all the other dog shirts 
and mm-hmm. and basically like comes out of like man they didn't even know that was possible uh i think that's probably like the best feeling which is but that's kind of the nature of creation right is like you're not just like mm-hmm. following a narrative you're like coming at the narrative from from the opposite opposite uh side of things yeah i think that's one of the reasons yeah. i'm in it you know is is the just the understanding that um you know, people are receiving gifts and things that we had a hand in, you know, making somebody smile, you know, and, yep. and, um, that's, that goes back to kind of a, what's your why, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, good answer. Josiah, yeah. what do you got? Uh, I'm going to go on the flip side of that same coin, uh, and ask about a time when something happened in your business that felt like a complete failure or like a moment where you're like, man, I don't know if this is going to continue um, because we've all had them. And so um, what was that for you and how did you kind of combat that? How did you overcome that moment that kind of felt like it was all over? Yeah. Um, well, I mean, in printing, there's nothing, nothing worse than a printing mistake. <laughs> uh, so, exactly right. Uh, you know, uh, whether they've been on my hand or somebody that works for me's hand, that's always uh, mm-hmm. that's always kind of a disaster. You know, I've had, had the billboards that were too short or too long or, uh, you know, the, uh, this is not in my print on demand business, but one of our clients, uh, is a high end Italian fashion company. And we have to, uh, communicate with like their brand headquarters in Italy. And like Italy only works until noon for the Eastern U S you know? So it's like, if you don't catch those guys, uh, then you don't hear from them until the next day. Or like, if it's a weekend, you don't hear from them for like days. So, uh, we've definitely had things where something wasn't right and there's like nothing you can do about it. And the whole weekend you just like watch people implode, <laughs> you know, <laughs> along the way. So, oh, uh, brutal. I think, I think something that kind of grounds me, uh, is, is that I've heard is like the communication matters more than the work. And, and, and so, um, mm. like even in the people that I hire, you know, like I'll, I'll forgive a lot of mistakes, but the one that I have a hard time forgiving is like not communicating. You know, because it's the easiest, easiest thing to do if you just like show up, you know. So uh, when I make mistakes in my company or like, you know, if something went wrong in print on demand, uh, I always communicate. How do we fix it? You know, eat costs if that's what it comes down to keep people happy. Yeah. You know, it's um, so but it's it's again, it's uh, I think that, that I mean, that that has like I, I think once I sort of like exhibited that degree of uh I would call it like, I don't know, emotional maturity in some ways. You know what I mean? It's like, they're not going to kill you. They're probably not going to fire you for one mistake. Uh, But so you just, Hey, look, this is how it happened and why it happened and what we wanted to do to fix it. And as long as solutions, okay for you, solutions are already in motion. You know, like that's, if if they're emotionally mature, then they probably say, okay, you've done everything you can. Let's move forward. You know? Right. That's awesome. Yeah. I think communicate. I mean, that's what I used to say. When, when we ran our print shop was communication was huge for me to your point mm-hmm. where just tell me that it happened. And the other thing that would, that would make me the most irritated even more than the mistake was the not owning it and saying, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. I messed up or yeah, I didn't catch that. So um, right. for sure. So before we let you go, Kevin, thanks again for, for hopping on the call and, uh, and, and chatting with us for a little bit. Uh, but before we go, tell people that are listening where they can find you, whether it's your, uh, your Visla Visla brand or whether it's your, uh, you know, any, anything that you have out there that you want people to know about promote now is the time to do that. Yeah, sure. So uh, again, we offer outsourced art departments for people who don't want to have all those people in house. Uh, so that's made for print F O R print.com. I'm Kevin at made for print.com. And uh, my print on demand shop is velcrovishla.com and we're on instagram and facebook at uh, velcro.viz on instagram and uh i think velcro.viz slash velcro.viz on facebook so uh yeah i appreciate you guys having me on here very much yeah yeah awesome. for sure we'll man have all those links in the bio of course for for everybody listening so you can have ease of access sweet well, Kevin, I'm sure we'll talk soon. Um, thanks again for coming on the show, and uh, we'll catch you later. <laughs> later, guys. See ya. See you, man. Huge shout out again to Kevin Sterling uh, for hopping on the show and chatting with us. It was a lot of fun. It, lots of good, like the 25 minute 
segmented work day was an interesting, mm-hmm. interesting tidbit inside that I hadn't heard, you know, what he had, what he referred to it as I wasn't familiar with, but I've heard that concept. Um, yeah. And I still don't really implement it, which I probably should, because yeah. I feel like it would save some sanity for sure. Um, but yeah, yeah, overall, great interview. Anything that stood out to you uh, as far as uh, what, what Kevin had to say during our chat? Sure. I mean, I mentioned it during the during the actual interview, but I, I just love the idea of, um, you know, look, you know, kind of starting with the end in mind, getting like, what does defining success, what does it look yeah. like, where you want to go, you know, um, and then working backwards from that, because otherwise you're just constantly putting out fires um, and yeah. you may not be uh, moving forward in your business because you're so busy on the minutia and, you know, it's that yeah. whole working on your business, working versus working in your business. Um, and you know, while if you're a, you know, one man show or one woman show, yeah, you might have to work in your business, but you need to take a certain amount of time, a certain percentage of your, uh, you know, allotted time to work on this business to, to like plan, to strategize, to think through, um, you know, where you want to be and how to get there and really yep. have some of that, uh, that kind of brainstorming time, you know, yeah. you can't always just be doing tasks. It, it, <laughs> it, it, it won't serve you well in the long run. Um, you really do need to work on your business occasionally. Yeah. So I really appreciated that he brought that out to the front because it's just so important. Yeah, for sure. Kind of reverse engineering everything. Mm-hmm. Um, it's huge. And, and it, like you said, it goes back to our why you said in the course of our interview, which mm-hmm. we've talked about on the show before. And it's always good. I was thinking about this this morning pertaining to other areas of life is kind of revisiting your why. So if you haven't done that in a while, yeah. uh, do that because you might find that your why has changed. You might find that it's been, you know, you're further resolved. Uh, as to your why and what you're wanting. And so it's always good just to kind of reevaluate with yourself uh, occasionally. So be sure to do that as well. So again, check him out. Um, Velcro Visla, which Visla sounds like an Italian electronic car, um, but uh, (laughs) not dog breed. (laughs) So go check him out there. Velcro Visla or soon to be Visla Visla, as he was saying, uh, as he, as they continue to move on. So Go support him. Go check him out. And uh, it'll be a great, great to catch up with him and see what progress yeah. has been made for sure. Yeah, so, I think he's, I mean, his plans are to, you know, really kind of jump in with both feet since he, you know, finished yeah. that project he was talking about. And um, yep. so, yeah, we'll definitely have to check up with him and kind of see where, where things have gone in the, in the future. Yeah, absolutely. And the best place for you to catch up with us and the community and the group and what's happening with the podcast is printondemandcast.com slash Facebook. You can join the print on demand group. There's a print on demand page as well. Join both. Uh, I haven't said this in a while, so let me say it now. Answer the questions. Uh, If you're coming (laughs) to the group and you want to be a part of the conversation, uh, answer the questions so we know that you're an actual person, not a bot or not someone that's just trying to add another Facebook group to your social media quiver, which makes no sense to me as to why people do that, but they do. <laughs> I've seen people a part of 3,000 groups and I get annoyed when I'm a, a part of like four and I'm like, this, my feed is nothing but group posts. <laughs> so kudos to the guy that's uh, got 3,000 groups and that's his entire feed. So that's got to be uh, horrific. However, um, Facebook, print on a man can. Oh my gosh, print on a man cast.com slash Facebook is where you can join our group. We have an Instagram as well, and we have a YouTube. The best place to find those is print on a man cast.com slash Instagram slash YouTube, uh, and you will go directly to those channels as well. And wherever you're listening to this, whether it's Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, Google, whatever it is, Anchor, uh, do us a favor if you have the ability on that platform to leave a review please do so. Um, It helps the algorithm. It helps people find this information. People like Kevin who are starting out in a business or kind of maybe this is their side hustle. There's nothing better than to hear from someone else that is in the same stage of business life as you are, or maybe someone that took the plunge. And maybe you're thinking, I don't know if I should take the plunge because will I drown? Well, you can listen to Kevin who took the dive and he's not only is he treading water, he's making progress. He's swimming. So it, right. it's great to hear from from other folks 
in the industry that are in the same place as you. And the best way to do that is through podcasts like this. And of course, we're a little biased because we obviously <laughs> host this one. So leave us a review. Leave us a comment. Let us know your favorite guest, favorite dad joke, favorite topic, favorite print on demand provider, favorite print. I don't care. Just talk to us, communicate, leave us that star rating so that we can uh, help conquer the algorithm together. Uh, Travis, anything else before we wrap this one up? Uh, I was going to mention, um, and this is kind of off the, the cuff, but uh, I posted in our Facebook group just the other day, Uncle Mike is actually ramping up production in That's California. That's right. Yeah. And he's looking for some, uh, some quality employees. And so I thought, you know, I, I don't know how many people uh, are close enough to him. He's kind of in the Oakland, San Francisco area in California yeah. and that area. And, um, but there's a job post in, um, in the print on demand cast Facebook group. So if you're not a member, go check it out. Um, even, even if you don't need a job and maybe, you know, somebody else who does, but, um, I can't think of a better way to learn about print on demand than work in production and work yeah. closely with uncle Mike, somebody who's been doing it for years and years and years. So, yeah. um, uh, yeah, so just go check out the Facebook group and and um, see if you know if that's of interest to you. If you want to apply, or if you know somebody who might need a job in that area, yeah, um, yeah it's a it's a good opportunity um, for somebody who kind of wants to dip their toe in the water and see where it leads them. Yeah, exactly. And it's it's it'll be interesting to be a part of that from kind of the ground up because what I understand, Uncle Mike is kind of revamping production up kind of starting mm -hmm. kind of turning a new page starting a, a new chapter so yeah. you'll get to learn a lot from the ground up and uh, again in the oakland area the baseball team is leaving but hey there's a new print shop that's there uh for you to <laughs> to enjoy and when he hears that he, he's even very upset yeah i know exactly yeah you, listen depending on how many people he hires it could probably rival the attendance of an oakland a's game but um <laughs> so uh go be sure to check that out again that job post is printedamancast.com slash facebook and we are very excited we are approaching five episodes away from three years and who knows even the three-year mark will arbitrarily start season five and you're thinking there's seasons to this show and the answer is Sure. So you never know. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see what happens. But the Printed Man cast turns three years old in five weeks, and uh, we're excited to see what that episode holds. And uh, it's going to be a good time either way. So for Travis, I'm Josiah. We'll see you next time right here on the Print on Demand cast. See ya. Hey, babe. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Print on Demand cast. We hope you enjoyed the Totally Tubular show. If you've got a question or a suggestion for the show, send Travis and Josiah an email at info at printondemandcast.com. Want to be wicked nice? Take a minute to rate and review the show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to subscribe now so you don't miss next week's episode. See you next time for sure. In a world where businesses everywhere are trying to make print-on-demand sales, one podcast goes above and beyond every week to bring the most POD-specific information there is. All to help save the day, every day. Don't succumb to the enemies of your print-on-demand business. Sign up today for the Print On Demand Cast VIP email at printondemandcast.com slash VIP. This time, it's for real.